Greetings everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. Today's topic is select your relationship type. What type of relationship do you want to have? We have to get to know ourselves, find out what is our personality type, identify our lifestyle, culture, values, principles, morality, what is our family structure before deciding what type of relationship to engage in. People from different cultures, social economic backgrounds, levels of education, and religious beliefs have various options to select from. Some people are not given a choice and are automatically assigned a relationship based on family tradition, cultural customs, and religious doctrines. Relationships are not innately bad or good. It depends on what is desired and needed from the relationship. What is the relationship goal and objective? Is it for some of the following reasons? Is it for romantic love? Most people in the world do not get married for romantic love. That's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just an option. Are you getting into a relationship for family, reproduction, and continuing your genetic legacy? Is that what you want in a relationship? Is that your primary purpose for getting into a relationship? Is it sexual availability and companionship? Do you want to have a relationship because you want to have a partner that's sexually available to you and that person can also serve as a companion when you need to go out somewhere, um, when you want to enjoy a moment, when you want to share certain things? that person could definitely be there to share those things with you. Do you want a relationship for financial security? Some people are not looking for love. They're not looking to continue their genetic legacy. They're not looking for companionship or sexuality. They're looking for financial security. They want business ventures. So by them having a relationship, They want that relationship to be something that provides them with financial security or an opportunity to go into business. Maybe they are already in business and they want to secure more business opportunities. And by going into that relationship, by marrying into that family, they will be granted or have access to more financial opportunities. Emotional stability. Some people are just emotionally unstable and they think that by getting into a relationship, they're going to achieve some level of emotional stability. So it's very important that you identify what type of relationship you want based on what you're looking for. Continuing social status. Some people want to get into a relationship because they want social status. Not acceptable to be single, especially as a female. In some cultures, people look down on single people. If you're not in a relationship, you don't have somebody, they look down on you as if something is wrong with you. You're lacking something, you're deficient in some ways, or you're seen as a failure. So a lot of people get into relationships, especially marriages, because they want social status. Physical protection. You have some people who feel very unsafe when they're single and they're by themselves they feel like they have more physical protection 
when they are in a relationship or when they are married. Unfortunately, you have women who are vulnerable in different parts of the world. Women are left without protection if they're not in a relationship or they're not married. So a lot of women are sort of like forced or sort of like encouraged to get into a relationship because they live in an environment that is very dangerous and they need to have a male protection. Opportunity for growth and progress. Some people get in relationships because they really want an opportunity to grow and progress, whether it be emotionally, mentally, financially, uh, socially, spiritually. They're looking for opportunity. So they're not getting in a relationship because of love. They're getting into the relationship because they want opportunity to grow. Political reasons. People get into relationships because of political reasons. If you're not involved in politics, it's kind of hard for you to imagine getting with somebody because of political reasons. But someone who's heavily involved into politics, maybe they want to become a politician one day. They want to get inside a political circle. They want to have political influence. It's very important for them to get with someone, establish a union or relationship where they can actually have opportunity to grow politically. Now choose wisely if an option is given to you. Don't allow the social media, television programs, musical industry, they have that ratchet culture or pornographic agenda to influence you into making a foolish decision. The type of relationship you select will have a tremendous impact on your life in every area. Again, choose very wisely. Do not allow yourself to be influenced, persuaded, or coerced or pressured into giving in to have a particular type of relationship if that's not what's going to serve you, right? Now that relationship is going to affect every area of your life. Let's break it down. How is that relationship going to affect you? It's going to shape and influence your reality, how you perceive the world, how you experience it. Because if you're with someone that is chaotic, your whole world is going to change if you're not chaotic. If you are with someone who is very orderly and organized, your world is going to change because you're going to be influenced by that person. If you were a person who is very, very ambitious, all right, your life is going to be influenced by that person's ambition. So it's very important that we select the type of relationship that we want to have because it is definitely going to have a major influence in your life because this person is in your life. They're in your bed. They're in your home. They're close to you. They're very intimately involved with you. So don't think that that's not going to affect you. And some people think that I can handle it. No matter what this person brings, I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm wise enough. But it may not necessarily be so because on a long-term basis, every day, all day, something that's minor could be a major thing. It could really, really, really cause a lot of distress and pain. Again, it can affect you in many ways, affect your physical health. When you are constantly stressed out and you're under a lot of duress, it can cause you physical pain. It can cause you to have backaches, body aches, stomach aches, headaches. It lowers your immune system, makes you more vulnerable to getting sick. 
All right. So yes, the type of person you bring into your life, the type of relationship that you have can definitely have a negative impact on your health. And it can also have a positive impact on your health. If you marry someone that's into a healthy lifestyle, okay, you're involved with someone in a relationship that's into yoga, meditation, self-care, eating healthy and taking care of themselves, you know, that's going to have a positive impact on your life. It could also impact your career or your professional life. Very important. It can impact your career and your personal life. If you get with someone who's involved in certain um, career areas, they may be able to give you an advantage. They may be able to give you knowledge, connection. They may be able to help you network in that field so you can go ahead on and progress in your career or your profession. Now, the opposite can happen as well. You can meet someone who, who could be very detrimental to your career and your profession because they're distracting. You know, they're occupying your time. You're not able to focus. You know, you're stagnant in your creativity. You're not able to just explore different options because this person is demanding or putting so much on you that you can't really deal with your career. Alter your future or destiny, putting you in a different life path or purpose. Certain types of relationship that you choose can put you on a different life path. It could change your purpose because your life purpose could be to help people. And you get with someone who's greedy, ambitious, selfish, and that kind of curtails that plan. It's not possible for you to achieve your life purpose of helping people because you're with somebody who's constantly pulling you in the opposite direction. All right, change your future, children and offsprings. Now, the type of relationship you choose can definitely affect your children, your future children if you don't have one right now. Yes, it can alter your children because if you're going to have a relationship where it's not conducive, you know, to having a healthy lifestyle, that unhealthy lifestyle is going to affect your children in a negative way. If you're not eating healthy, your children can have problems with obesity, with inactivity, you know, they're, they're sluggish, you know, they're lethargic, they're tired all the time. So they're not going to be very healthy or physically active. If you're in an environment where there's domestic violence, there's abuse, there's exploitation, your children are going to be traumatized by being exposed to that type of environment. If you are in a relationship where it's toxic and you and your mate are constantly arguing and fussing and competing with one another, there's jealousy, there's all type of problems, your children are going to be affected by that. So the relationship you choose will definitely affect your future children if you don't have any. And if you have children entering that relationship, it's definitely going to impact them. It could be a positive thing or it could be a negative thing. It depends on what's coming out of that relationship. All right. It could also alter your destiny. Your destiny. You know, you're intended on taking this path in your life. And because you have a certain type of relationship, it takes you on another destiny. If you're going into politics and you find someone that's into drugs, 
And all of a sudden, instead of pursuing your, your political career and you're destined to be this great politician, you're destined to be this great public figure, now you have a, a drug problem or you're dealing with someone who have a drug problem and it takes you away from that destined path. Now, your relationship can determine your life experiences. What is it that you're exposed to in life? If you have a bad relationship, it's going to expose you to certain bad experience in life. You have a good relationship, it's going to expose you to certain good relationships in life. It could also help with your productivity level, your personal growth, and life satisfaction. I'm going to repeat, the type of relationship you have will have an influence on your life experience, productivity level, personal growth, and life satisfaction. So it will affect the quality of your life. You can have a great quality life or you can be miserable and you could be denied opportunities and not get to where you need to go. Now, in terms of a relationship affecting your health, now if you have good health, most likely you have longevity. You can live a long productive life. If you have bad health or you're in a bad environment, stress out, that can diminish it, your longevity. It can actually speed up your death. Now, a relationship could also affect your mental and emotional state. And you're in a healthy, happy, progressive relationship. You can be motivated, inspired. You can be just the life of the party. You can be full of energy. Now, if you're in a bad relationship, it can cause depression, it can make you pessimistic, or you can even be suicidal. So having a healthy relationship definitely is going to have an impact on your life. And that's why you have to choose wisely the type of relationship that you have because it will affect your overall life. It will affect you in all areas of your life, physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, financially, sexually, every way. Now, don't allow anyone or life circumstances to pressure, coerce, or manipulate you into a relationship. You're the one who will experience the consequences of an unhealthy relationship or bad marriage. Don't follow fads or trends. Everyone can be subconsciously influenced by others through persuasion techniques. Now, there's a current trend to be sexually promiscuous. They call it sexually expressive or they call it sexual freedom. They want to be free to engage in various sexual activities without any restrictions or limitations. This is popular, especially among the younger population who are easily influenced by social media. People are treating sexuality like it's an experiment and it's used as a recreational tool. Sexuality was not biologically created to be taken so casually. There's an emotional, physical, and spiritual component to sexuality. We're energetic beings. I'm going to repeat that. We are energetic beings. We emit energy. We are 
made of energy. During sexual activity, we're not just exchanging bodily fluids, we also share our energy. If someone has a negative energy, it can be transferred to their partner. You're not just exposing yourself to a sexually transmitted disease, but you're also subjecting yourself to sexually transmitted energy. Now, sexually transmitted energy have symptoms. If you have been infected with a sexually transmitted energy, we're talking about a negative energy because people have positive and people have negative energy. Now, people who have unresolved traumas, people who have emotionally instabilities, people who have mental health issues, people who are drug or alcohol addicted, people who have sexual imbalances, sometimes their energy will be low. If not sometimes, because of course there's exceptions, but we can venture to say all the time, their sexual energy is going to be low. And what happens when you have sex with someone who is operating at a lower sexual energy? It's not rooted in something positive. What happens? You will affect, you will be affected by this lower sexual energy. Now, there are symptoms because when people have sex with people, you know, they experience certain things while they're having sex or after having sex. So let's discuss some of the symptoms of a STE, sexually transmitted energy. Now, feeling drained, tired, lethargic. You just had sex with somebody and instead of feeling invigorating, instead of feeling energized and feeling positive and feeling great and feeling healthy because you just exchange a mutually beneficial energy, instead of feeling that, you're feeling drained. You're feeling tired. You're feeling lethargic. You're feeling depressed and sad. You're feeling empty or depleted like something was taken away from you. You start having intrusive negative thoughts. Confusion comes in or in the inability to focus. You have sleep disturbance. You're waking up in the middle of the night. You can't sleep. You're having nightmares. You feel like you have to sleep all the time because you're so drained. You have to sleep to recover or recuperate. Feeling overwhelmed, stress or distress. Generalized feeling that something is wrong. You're not yourself. You notice that something is not right after you have sexual relationship with certain people. What's happening is that they're getting your energy. They're feeling revitalized. They're feeling fulfilled. They're feeling much better. And you're getting their energy, which is the lower vibratory energy. It's low level. Okay? And when that happens, you definitely can feel it. Now, notice, again, when you have a sexual relationship with multiple people, you're opening yourself to being affected by their energy. There's a price to pay to play with sexuality. I'm going to repeat. 
there's a price to pay to play with sexuality. Some people take sexuality as if it's no big deal. And they could just jump in bed with so-and-so and so-and-so. And there's no consequences. As long as they could put on a condom, everything is going to be all right. They're not going to catch a sexually transmitted disease. But they're forgetting that there's sexually transmitted energy. Now, it's very important that we understand that there's, there's consequences to every deed. So we're not here preaching you know, morality, what's right, what's wrong. That's a whole nother topic. We're simply saying that when you have sex with people, there are consequences that come with that. Okay. Now, if you keep just having meaningless sex, just going around and just having sex just to be having sex, you really don't have, you know, positive intentions. It will alter you as a human being, as a person. So let's discuss some of the ways that it can alter you. You become emotionally detached, cold, heartless. Because for you to be able to do that, I mean, because sexuality is about bonding and connecting with another human being. And if you're stopping yourself or you're incapable of connecting and bonding with another human being during the sex act, before the sex act, or after the sex act, then something is wrong with you as a human being. Because sexuality is part of human bonding, human sharing, human intimacy. And if you're so detached from the experience, you don't feel any type of connection or any type of intimacy, and it's just a physical release, it's just an orgasmic release for you, it's like a sport, then something is wrong. Okay? People who do that, they tend to be very selfish, self-centered, exclusively self-pleasing, self-pleasing. They, they can become very narcissistic, hedonistic, pleasure-seeking. It's all about fun. And, you know, they just want to have fun. There's no sense of responsibility. There's no sense of commitment. There's no sense of, of, of uh, bonding and connecting. So they're, they're strictly self-pleasing. They're not trying to please somebody else. They're not trying to exchange. They're trying to take, take, take. Now, they also can become very manipulating and deceptive, deceptive to get what they want, no matter the consequence. They want what they want. They're very selfish. Sometimes they can be abusive and controlling. They want power over another person through sexuality. Very important. Hopefully everybody's paying attention to what happens when a person becomes narcissistic when it comes to sex. They're very selfish, self-centered, detached, cold, manipulating, deceptive, abusive, controlling. That makes them a sexual narcissist. And it's not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. And it's also dehumanizing. Okay, when people go around having sex just to be having sex, treating people like they're a sexual object, only focusing on sexuality instead of people's humanity, personality, mentality, lifestyle, character, and traits, you know, that's, it, it becomes a dehumanizing experience. People don't look at it that way because... The media pretty much promotes sex as if it's just a recreational thing. It's something that you do to have fun. 
All right, it's not something that you do to connect and bond and build with another human being. And um, the media per, per projects sexuality as just something to do. But again, there are consequences. So when we enter into these relationships, we really got to think about why are we entering this relationship? What is it that we're trying to achieve? A lot of people claim not to be primarily focused on sexuality when they're pursuing a relationship. But if that's their main objective, it becomes the top priority. Sexuality is an essential part of a romantic relationship. However, there are other factors that are as equally important, such as love, compatibility, chemistry, morality, personality, lifestyle, spirituality, mentality, and other things. It's very important not to blindly follow trends tradition, custom, beliefs, or ideology when choosing an intimate relationship. It's critical to think about what is beneficial for your overall well-being, family, and community. People don't exist in a vacuum. We are social creatures living within a society. What we do affects others. We have to practice consciously living and selecting a mate. Repeat, we have to practice conscious living and we have to live consciously as we select a mate. It's not just about personal pleasure. It's building on a solid foundation, solid foundation that consists of family values, order, structure, and discipline that can withstand the tests of time. Evidently, in life, every choice has a consequence. It takes a mature person to exercise their free will to act for the betterment of themselves and others. Now let's examine what type of relationships are available. Let us use our critical thinking skills, intuition, emotional intelligence, life experience, and skills to make the best decisions possible. It's okay to have family, friend, and community support when choosing a life partner. It's a good thing to have other people who love you involved in the process. Also, it's okay to bring in trusted professionals to get their advice and guidance through this process. The ultimate decision is yours to make if this option is available in your culture. Now let's review the different types of relationships. There are numerous different types of unions. Let's start by discussing the two categories of relationships. Polyamorous and monogamous. There are polyamorous relationships where two people agree to date have sexual activity or become intimately involved with multiple people at the same time. No, this is not an orgy. They're not having sex with everyone at the same time, but they have different lovers during the same period of time on separate occasions. A polyamorous relationship is referred to as polyamorous when one person can love or be romantic with more than one person. 
These individuals have different emotional, social, physical, or sexual needs that one person cannot meet. So they believe it's easier to have multiple partners, each one providing for a need. People have different reasons why they enter into these type of polyamorous relationships. Let's review the reasons that they give. They're not willing to be monogamous for whatever reason. Some people don't want to be monogamous. They don't want to do it. They claim that they're not built that way, which is perfectly fine. This is not a moral issue. We're just discussing what type of relationships are available and if those relationships would meet your needs. And we have to look at the pros and the cons. We cannot just make a decision without looking the good, without looking at the consequences, without looking at the good and the bad. All right. So these people say that they don't want to be monogamous. So instead of them cheating, which some of them may have a history of cheating, and this is how they reached a conclusion that they cannot be or they don't choose to be monogamous. Then they pursue polyamorous relationship, meaning that they want to be able to have relationships, sexual relationship, intimate relationship with multiple people. They don't want to settle down or make a commitment to only one partner. And some people in polyamorous relationships can make a commitment to one person. They make a commitment to do certain things but the commitment is not to be monogamous. They can make a commitment to be financially uh, supportive or to be emotionally supportive, but maybe, you know, they cannot or they choose not to be sexually committed. Exploring their sexuality with different people. Some people want to explore their sexuality, not with one person, but with multiple people. They get bored easily. They want sex to be an adventure. They don't want sex to be plain and boring so they feel like they have to keep having sex with different people now we live in a society that pretty much promotes sexual exploration it promotes sexual experimentation so a lot of people are not just sitting there coming up with this idea by themselves you know they actually have influence especially watching the movies listening to the music and you know and just looking socially on what's going on People are very sexually charged. Conversations are very sexually charged. People are flirting all the time. You know, they dress sexually provocative. So, you know, again, if a person is not mentally disciplined and they're not emotionally mature, they can be tempted to always think that the grass is greener on the other side. They want to go check this out because it looks good. But everything that looks good don't mean it's good. People can have the appearance of being good, but then when you get with them, you know, you're very disappointed. But this society pretty much promote that. We live in a very sexually promiscuous society that, that really condones sexual misconduct. But they don't call it misconduct. They just call it sexual freedom. They're not looking for love, just sexual relationship. People who are in polyamorous relationships, they're not looking for love. Because it's, you know, it's kind of hard for you to be in love and open yourself sexually to multiple people. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a point. They're bored. They want companionship when one partner is not available. Some people just have to have company. 
They have to have someone around all the time. So when their partner is not available to them, they want to go jump in somebody else's bed or they want to go out with somebody else because they don't want to be alone. That's one of the main reasons why a lot of people get into these polyamorous relationships because they don't want to be alone. They always want to have somebody available to them. They can multitask a couple partners. Now, again, this is not a judgment call. We're just assessing why people do the things that they do. They're interested in having multiple romantic relationships at the same time. In some cases, the primary partner will take the priority and the secondary partner will follow. But some people just have more than one. They have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, I mean, there's no limit. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, there's no boundaries when it comes to sexual partners. There's no limitation. And that can create some problems. Like all actions, there are consequences that come with these type of open relationships. That polyamorous is an open relationship. Now let's look at the negative things that can come out of jumping from bed to bed, going from person to person. Okay, let's talk about that. Sexually transmitted diseases. We already talked about that. To include sexually transmitted energy. Okay, unplanned pregnancy. Now, no matter how much precaution you take not to get pregnant, whether you're male or female, there's always that possibility that you can get pregnant. So you have unplanned pregnancy. What happens when you have one person that's sleeping with multiple people? Now, they have to find out who's the father of this child. Okay, so if you're sleeping with five or six different people, there's a possibility that you can have five or six different kids with different people. Just think about that. I mean, why do you want to put yourself in that position to even have that possibility? Lack true emotional, physical, and sexual intimacy. It's only so much intimacy you can share with multiple people. You can't share the same level of intimacy with everybody. You can't stretch yourself so thin. Intimacy doesn't work that way. Okay, because the level of intimacy you can have in a committed relationship where there's trust, where there's love, where there's respect, you're not going to have that level of intimacy just meeting somebody and just jumping in the bed with them. Or just having a, you know, friends with benefits situation where you just get together to have sex. You're not going to have that type of deep intimacy. So you're going to lack true intimacy in your relationship because that's not what you're looking for. Lack serious commitment. Of course, that's not what they want. They're not going to have commitment. Increase jealousy and insecurity. And people in polyamorous relationship claim that they're not jealous, that they're not insecure. But obviously that's not true because these relationships sometimes do break up. They do have conflicts between the partners. They do have problems. So obviously, yes, they are subjected to being jealous and feeling insecure, especially when there's no commitment involved in the love. No personal responsibility for relationship. They're not willing to take personal responsibility for the relationship. So it's any and everything goes. There's no order and there's no structure, you know, and there's no dependability and reliability. And there's no predictability because you really can't depend on this person because they're not willing to take personal responsibility for the relationship. No accountability for the behavior because they feel like, hey, I'm not obligated to tell you anything. Because you're not my partner. We're just having fun. We're just kicking it. We're just having sex. So 
a lot of times people allow themselves to get into that situation and not understanding the real impact of that. Exposure of children to multiple partners may have negative effect on the children. Because if you're in a polyamorous relationship and you have children, okay, unless you're meeting those partners at a different location and you're not bringing them around your children, then it's going to be a problem because your children are sitting there watching you bring different partners into your bed, into your home, into your life. What kind of messages are you sending to your children? You're telling them it's okay for them to take sex as if it's just an object that people are not really that valuable for you to make a commitment to them and for you to respect and appreciate them. What kind of messages are you sending to your children? And also by you having different people come in and out, you're exposing your children to possible problems. Maybe some people can molest your children or maybe they could expose them to, you know, different bad habits. So the more people you have coming in and out, the more of a risk you're taking exposing your children to possible danger. And also you're so stressed out dealing with multiple partners that you may not even have the strength or the energy to even deal with your children. Sexually exploited or used by others. Some people under the title of polyamorous, they want to, oh, I am, I want to practice polyamorous. I want to do this. You know, like it's the, like it's the latest thing to do. In reality, they just want to use people. They just want to sexually abuse people. And a lot of times people don't want to say, no, I don't want to do this because they want to be cool. They want to be down. They want to be, hey, yeah, I want to be involved. Oh, yes, I'm in a polyamorous relationship. Okay. But is that what's best for you? Or are you being sexually exploited by someone who just want to use you for fun? And you want to have fun too, but you don't understand the dangers that come with that, the consequences. Now, sometimes people in polyamorous claim that they're being open, they're being honest about other relationship and you know, other sexual activities. But guess what? Sometimes they're not. They can disclose that they're having sex with one person. They may not disclose that they're having sex with other people, especially people that they know that you won't approve of. All right. So just because you agree to be in a polyamorous relationship, open relationship, doesn't mean that that's going to stop you from having a heartache. It's not going to you know, affect you. You're not going to feel betrayed if you find out that your partner is lying, that your partner is going around doing things that they said that they weren't going to do. So it is a violation. It is a form of betrayal when your partner say they're going to do something and they don't do it. Self-serving relationship. Primarily focus on pleasing self and getting what you want. So polyamorous relationship is like self-serving. It's not, you're not really caring about your partner. You're really caring about yourself. Lack of privacy. You share personal information. You, everybody knows who's sleeping with everybody. You know, everybody have to disclose sexual health information. So it's kind of a lack of a privacy. You really don't have privacy. You're more vulnerable exposing yourself to new people and new situations. People come with problems, with dramas, with issues, with pain, with heartache, with baggages. So every time you open yourself up to another person to have sex, that person is bringing their baggage. They're bringing their confusion. They're bringing their pain and their sorrow and they're bringing their past. So in a polyamorous relationship, you're opening yourself up to multiple things at the same time. 
no shame or guilt for having other people in your life. I mean, you know, it's okay. I just want to be me. I just want to do me. But that comes with consequences. It's not a judgment call. Again, it's not a judgment call, but it comes with consequences. Now, let's discuss polyamorous marriages. Okay, we have polyamorous marriages, which is called polygamy. Polygamy. Where one person is permitted to marry more than one spouse. Okay? Polygyny is when a man is allowed to marry more than one wife. Polyandry is when a woman have more than one husband. Polygamous marriages is commonly practiced in Muslim countries. Islamic law allows it as a part of the traditional customs. It's also common in Africa, India, and Asia. Polygamy is legally acceptable in these countries. Also, men who are rich, wealthy, or part of the ruling class usually practice polygamy. Now, there are many reasons why polygamy was practiced in ancient times. People are judging practices in ancient time and comparing it to now. The reasons why they practice polygamy back in the days may not be the same reason why they're practicing polygamy now. So let's just briefly kind of go over it. Now there are many reasons why. One was religious reasons, but primarily the majority of men could not afford to marry more than one wife. So even though the religion gave them permission or gave them the right to marry more than one woman, but because they weren't able to physically provide for those women, take care of them, and manage a household, a lot of people did not practice polygamy. It was only the people who had the money and had the means. Now, wealthy and powerful men, like I said, could afford to you know, run separate households for their wives and their children. It was also a status and fame thing. So, the wealthy men can show that, hey, I have the power, I have the fame, I have the status because I have multiple wives. They were doing it for fame and status, position. It was not necessarily just for religious purposes. Political ties. Political ties. People practice polygamy because they wanted to expand their political circles or network with different groups. All right, so you have one tribe marry someone from another tribe so they can they can uh, merge together as a political family. So they were allowed to marry people from different tribes or different communities or different locations so they can expand their political and military connections. In ancient time, that's why a lot of people practice polygamy. Now, more children particularly male children. There was a high mortality rate for children back in the days. So the more wives they had, the more children they can have, and the more likely they're able to produce sons. Okay? They wanted boys. And if they married one woman, if she was infertile, she couldn't have kids, then they would have to accept that. But if they were allowed to practice polygamy, then they can get another woman to have children even though the first wife was infertile and if that second wife wasn't able to give them a son they can get another woman to try to get that son 
And so that's one of the reasons why they did it. So they can have more children. So they can have more heirs to inherit their property, their legacy, their title, their position. Sexuality. Sexually availability of many women. Some cultures after childbirth, some women focus on raising their children and weren't necessarily available to the men. Some women after childbirth, they would go and for the two or three years and they would stay with their children and they really, really wouldn't be bothered with the husband. So during that time, the men decided, hey, let me just go get me another wife because this wife is not interested in me sexually. She wants to raise her children. And this is what happened. And so they didn't want to have a child back to back. So they wanted to have a child, nurse that child for two, two, three years and allow that child to grow strong and healthy. And then they would go back and have sex with their husbands. They can have another child. But they didn't want to have children back to back because it wasn't practical. All right. So a lot of men decided at that time to go get other women for them to have families. Now, tradition, polygamy was practiced during war or natural disasters to provide widows and orphans protection, stability, and security. And a lot of people don't understand that because back in the days, during war, a lot of men went off to fight and a lot of them were killed. And so their women, their wives became widows and their children became orphaned because they didn't have a father. So the other men found it to be a duty or an obligation to go ahead on and marry these women to take them in to make sure that they were provided protection food shelter clothing and to take care of the children so it was like a duty for them to do that now there were a high number of unmarried women when the men were dying during the war now during this time they just decided to do this so we got to think of that we got to think outside the box when we think about polygamy Okay, we, we can't think of, oh, men are doing it just because they want sex, because they also did it for other reasons. Because some populations, we have an excess amount of women. Because you have more women than you have men. So in order to make sure that all the women had men, they were allowed to share. So one man could have five or six different women, because if, if that didn't happen, a lot of these women would not have a mate. So because it was a time of crisis, it was a time where things were off, they needed to adjust to be able to accommodate these women who weren't able to get men. And at that time, a man was valuable because he was able to provide protection, security, and help. It wasn't easy living back in those days. Men and women needed each other. They needed to work together. It wasn't you do your thing and I do mine. The man needed the woman and the woman needed the man. So it was that type of environment. All right, we're going to continue. Another reason why they practiced polygamy was productivity. More women and children to work on the farms and other business. So it was more like a business venture when they married multiple women. It was not just for sexuality. It was also for help and building the business and working the farms, all right? They had more children, more women to do more work, <laughs> okay? Now, like any other type of relationship, there are some negative aspects of being in this polygamous marriage. Now, let's look at the possible negative things that could happen real quickly. 
The same thing that happened in other polyamorous relationships can also happen in polygamy. And possible exposure to STDs, all right, and infections, of course, because they're having sex with multiple women, even though it's in the household. So if one of these women, even though they were forbidden to go outside of the marriage and have sex with any other man, the man can have sex with other women, but the women weren't able to do that. So if that man went out and he had sex with a woman that's outside of that polygamous marriage, he got an STD, he's definitely going to transmit it to one wife, the other wife, and it's going to keep ping-ponging, bouncing around. So we could see how that can happen. Or you have women who are prone to bacteria infection. And if a man is having sex with multiple women, that bacteria infection, even though it's not an STD, it can still increase the chances of another woman getting it because if he's not properly taking care of himself, washing after sex, making sure that he's clean, he's having sex with his other wives, he can upset the pH balance in her vagina and cause her to have bacteria infections, even though it's not an STD. Now, studies reveal that women in, in polygamous relationship have an increased rate of domestic violence, rape, psychological distress, and mental health issues. And they also have co-wife conflicts or problems. Everybody's not going to get along. There's going to be jealousy. There's going to be fighting and insecurity and all kinds of problems that come with multiple relationships. It affects their self-esteem and they're less satisfied with their lives. Children, this is an important one. Children don't usually get enough attention from fathers due to absent father from the home or limited time due to him having many responsibilities. This is very important. Children from polygamous relationships sometimes don't really have access to their father because he is busy doing many things with different women. He's raising, you know, man has 20 children. How much individual time can you give your child if you're busy, you know, with 20 kids? So the quality of time you're going to spend with your child is going to be less and less and less. So a lot of children from polygamous relationships sometimes live as if they're raised by a single parent. Okay, children have increased rate of emotional and mental health problems due to their father's absence. Now, we have gender role problems. Gender roles, um, unfairness and inequality. Women doing the majority of the child rearing or household chores. If a man has multiple wives, how can he take care of all of them? It's very difficult for him to really cater to each woman. If he has 20 children and six different women, he's only one person. So how can he go to this house and give the time and attention, help her clean up, help her cook? He can't do that. So the woman usually will take on the role of the household chores. Okay, so there's inequality in a relationship. The man can do what he wants, but the woman is binded, you know, by uh, tradition and obligation and duty to stay at home and just take care of the children. And the children, uh, the women may not be sexually satisfied due to the lack of intimacy. They're not allowed to engage in sex with other men. If they're not allowed to have sex with other men and their husband, polyga poly uh, polygamous husband is not available what do these women do? They get sexually frustrated. They have to wait until it's their turn for that man to come and give them sex. And by the time he gets there, it's not about what she wants. It's about what he wants. So women are not treated with equality, respect, and usually they're treated as servants. 
So it's very important for us to understand that in a polygamous relationship. Moving right along, the benefits of polygamy. It increases the rate of marriage for women. When the male population is reduced, sharing a mate becomes an option for these women. Financial security, social stability. All right. So it, the, the, one of the benefits of polygamy is that it increases the rate of marriage for women when the male population is reduced. You know, when you have men who are in prison, men who are in the military and they're at war, men who are not available because they're gay, you know, you have men who are, who are not mentally stable and have drug and alcohol problems, they're not available. So the men who are available sometimes tend to take multiple women they enter a polygamous relationship because the women don't have men. So that's an advantage if women want to see that as an option. Economic resources. Polygamy can increase the net worth of a family. Collective economics can be practiced. Entrepreneurship ventures can be taken on. And you have more potential workers available. This is the advantage. Emotional support of an extended family for childcare, household chores, and companionship if they all live together. Men have choices for sexual variety. That is definitely an option in a polygamous relationship. High value males have opportunity to have many children to carry on their family legacy. Now this is strictly dealing with Polly Jenny dealing with men having multiple wives. Now, when we're dealing with Paula Andre, it's illegal in most, if not all, countries, with some exceptions. Women are allowed to have more than one husband during the time of extreme circumstances. Fraternal poly, poly, uh, polygamy, two or more brothers marry the same woman. Okay, we have fraternal Paula Andre, where you have two brothers can marry the same woman if there are not other women available. There's exceptions, of course. But for the most part, polyandry is not acceptable. It is illegal. Even though the men can practice polygyny, where they can have more than one wife, poly polyandry is not acceptable. They don't want the women to have more than one husband. So there's a discrepancy going on here. You know, there's a conflict going on. That's that double standard where you could have men can have, but then women can't. In the United States and Europe, polygamy is illegal. Bigamy is also illegal, which is marrying more than one person at the same time. We do have people who practice bigamy. They go in one state and get married, and then they go in another state and get married, not saying that they're married in the other state. It is illegal, and you can be in prison for that. Adultery is not illegal, which is when a person has a sexual affair with another outside of marriage. And some people think it's okay or acceptable for men to have concubines side chicks or kept women for sexual purposes you know side chicks we have a lot of we have the side chick culture it's not socially acceptable for women to have more than one sexual partner due to the double standards i'm gonna stop right here and we're gonna have to have a part two because i have so much information to share with you all i cannot finish it in five minutes so I will definitely continue the topic of selecting a relationship. 
Thank you.